This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. have you noticed that i turned that down i do i did notice that and i appreciate that sounds great sounds fantastic actually it's me mario that was an accident <laughs> all right why there are why these are the most important midterm races in the country at least according to the media and the shifting of the overton window you're listening to the propaganda reports drive time news blast i'm brad binkley joining me today is the host of the mad ones podcast cam harless for those watching live I apologize. We're starting much later than we were going to start. My entire microphone rig, it just stopped working right as we were about to get going, and I had to figure out another setup, and that took a minute, so I do apologize about that, but let's dive right in, Cam. You, your lighting, your everything looks great there. It looks fantastic. Yeah, did, did a great so job. Hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks fantastic. All right, so top story of the day that everybody's talking about is the question of whether or not Trump will be indicted over the Mar-a-Lago raid and the documents and everything with a shift happening in the narrative. And that shift being that Republican commentators on Fox News and other outlets are now saying that they believe he might very well be prosecuted it, with Judge Napolitano saying this. This is a, a quote from him exactly. Even a cursory review of the redacted version of the affidavit submitted in support of the government's application for a search warrant at the home of former President Donald Trump reveals that he will soon be indicted by a federal grand jury for three crimes. Removing and concealing national defense information, giving national defense information to those not legally entitled to possess it, and obstruction of justice by failing to return the national defense information to those who are legally entitled to retrieve it. So, will this happen? I don't know. I still have research to do on this. I haven't looked into the exact statute. I haven't read the exact law of the statutes, and I haven't gone all the way through those redacted documents that they published last week or the week before, which I want to go through all of those because I'm hearing so many conflicting things going on right now that I just don't trust what I'm hearing on either side of the aisle when it comes to it. But well, here's some thoughts I have just on the surface and what I'm hearing being reported in the media that comes to mind. The shift on the Republican side. Now, there could very well be evidence that he broke law. And my position has been all along that if they produce evidence that actually shows that he violated a law and he should be prosecuted, then that's what should happen. And I don't think Trump supporters are going to riot in any way. I think that yeah. what Trump supporters, I think that their concern is that 
the FBI is corruptly setting Trump up and they are giving out vague information and not actually showing evidence on purpose. Like I think they're doing that on purpose. I don't expect that they will provide actual information. Even if he did commit a crime, I suspect that they wouldn't show us the evidence of it because that would, I think, minimize the, the amount of conflict that they have and they thrive on conflict. So I think they will remain vague about it. that. That is what I anticipate. But if they do produce evidence, I, I, I think I don't think there's going to be any riots on the streets as I continue to talk about. But this shift by Republicans, it looks a lot to me like the mainstream Republicans distancing themselves from, quote, MAGA Republicans that Biden and CNN and other networks have been basically calling an imminent domestic terror threat to the country. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not evidence, but it just looks now that Fox News and others are now aligning themselves with the messaging that Trump and CNN and MSNBC and others are putting out there about there's two types of Republicans, the good, acceptable ones, and then the MAGA ones who are winning office all over the country, and they must be stopped now because they're dangerous. And that's a very dangerous narrative that's being propagated. Uh, did you, uh, I believe I oh, no, you no. tried to chime in a second ago. Sure. Oh, no, I was just going to say, <laughs> I don't know why they just haven't at this point just declared the White House as a Trump-free zone. Because we, we, you know how well, that But you know what happens then, though? There's Trumps all over, because we know gun-free zones are, are most susceptible to gun violence. So a Trump-free zone be very vulnerable to Trump-like. I, I, well, I mean, I, we know, you know that. I know that. But they think, or they, they purport to think, that gun-free zones are helpful. So why haven't they just done that? It, wouldn't that just fix the problem? Uh, I guess I, it would. That again, would be pretty funny if they did that. Then again, people yeah, you can't, you can't run again. Trump. It's been declared a Trump free zone. You're no longer allowed to run. You could be exactly right on that. Yeah, I mean, it, but you know, people would be getting uh, their Trumps on the black market, and right. no one wants to see that. Those, that's and those are very those, those Trumps have not been vetted and, and clean. They could be mixed with other types of you know maybe Putins or something could be mixed in there yeah. with them. You have no idea. Also, fentanyl. Fentanyl, definitely. You don't want a Trump <laughs> with fentanyl. Well, maybe some people do, depending on the amount, I guess, but. That's not the only. So, some other possibilities to consider here is the incompetence argument. So, the only reason that Trump is in the position he is in today, with this new evidence being put out by the FBI, not new evidence, but just revealing more information, showing that picture, which they laid out all the stuff on the floor to show criminality. I, I haven't investigated that fully yet, so I can't give details on that yet. But what what I do know is that they are only they were only able to do this because Trump wanted that special master, which it just seems to me like that special master narrative was going on because they want to associate Trump with the word master, like he's doing something racist. But here's what a guy named Andrew Wiseman, who worked in the Mueller report, tweeted today about this. He said, the Trump filings for a special master were a huge misstep. DOJ has used its response to disclose damning proof of a series of crimes, which it would not otherwise have been able to do. So why would Trump do that? If the FBI could in turn do this thing that people even on the right or Republicans are now saying, well, there very well could be something there. And the argument has been just incompetence, stupid, bad advice. And sure, incompetence is a possibility. Sabotage by a lawyer, that's a possibility. But I want to throw out another possibility that must be considered through all of these cases because this is how these political actors think. This is a Solinsky. This is not, not just Solinsky. This is written about by Solinsky and other strategists. It is what I talk about a lot. The action is in the reaction. And I want to read to you the 10th rule in Solinsky's Rules for Radicals, which again, all sides employ in political warfare, which is what we're witnessing and experiencing right now. The 10th rule 
The major premise for tactics is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure upon the opposition. It is this unceasing pressure that results in the reactions from the opposition that are essential to the success of the campaign. So they anticipate a, a wide range amount of actions, hoping to get one of them. Now, of course, there's some they can't, can't anticipate, but that's the idea, the way they work. He also says this, the organizer knows the real action is in the reaction of the opposition. To realistically appraise and anticipate the problems, uh, the, pro the probable reactions of the enemy, he must be able to identify them too in his imagination and foresee their reactions to his actions. And then he goes on to say, we know that the eff efficacy, I can't ever say that word. Efficacy. Efficacy, thank you, of any action is in the reaction it evokes. So this is in the mind of all these political actors. And my point here is that it should be considered with any action that not only Trump makes, but that the FBI or others make. So maybe he did anticipate this type of reaction and there's going to be some, something that is produced on his side. Or maybe this is a possible reaction he didn't anticipate. I don't know. But these political actors, they try not to be reactionary. They try and pressure the other people into taking actions that cause mistakes, which maybe that's what happened with Trump. Who knows? We'll see in the coming weeks. And I also want to read to you, Cam which I thought this was interesting here. Is the, uh, if I put it in here, I might not have put it in here. You know, I think I didn't include it. I'll have to bring it to you tomorrow. It is the portion of Saul Linsky where he talks about going to prison and the beneficial aspect of going to prison for revolutionary leaders. And I do think it's even relevant in this case. I'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it, <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right. So I, I saw a friend the other day, and this is a Democrat, and He's a good friend of mine. I hadn't seen him in a while. One of the best, one of the best guys I know, legitimately. Uh, he had never heard of the Jeffrey Tubin story. And that was surprising to me. And I told him the Jeffrey Tubin story and how CNN brought Tubin back as their chief legal analyst for a year before they recently fired him, despite the Zoom incident and despite the fact that Tubin is known for getting his friend's daughter pregnant and then trying to force her to have an abortion. Yet it's like they did a background check and said, We found found out about this. We'd like to hire you anyway back. It's similar to that. And he he thought it was funny. He had never heard of it. And he made the comment of I can't believe I've never heard of that story. And I was thinking about that. And of course, because the media that he consumes never talks about that story. And to me, it was just very surprising because this is somebody who does has done a lot of comedy and theater and stuff. It's very surprising that he was not familiar with it. But it does make sense because we do get stuck in these silos. And when we're in an environment where tribal information warfare dominates, which we are, people are not incentivized to seek information outside of their own narrative because any information that undermines their narrative, it puts them in, it gives them cognitive dissonance. And the fact is they want their narrative to be true. And when you so badly want the narrative to be true and that proceeds wanting to find the truth and the reality, then there is no incentive to look outside that silo and find information that undermines that narrative. And that is the reason why online media, when people are stuck online and not having one-on-one -on -one conversations, there's just very little room for people to actually come together and discover truth. But also, 
one-on-one conversations, as I experienced, and, I, and I've experienced this on many occasions, people start to ask more questions. So that, I believe, is where one of the main powers is, is these one-on-one conversations where you can be reasonable and you aren't stuck in these social media silos where you're just fighting with each other. And it also highlights the relevance, in my opinion, of how these different media outlets talk to their viewers. The dramatic way that they instill the fear and the doom coming down upon them that makes them afraid. And this brings me to the next story that I want to tell you about, Cam. It's a story about the most important elections throughout the country. And I, I, this is why I had Ted Metz on the show a while back. It's a Secretary of State race. It's not just in Georgia, but across the country. And I want to show you real quick, let me pull this up, how the Democrats are being talked to about some of these special election races, not special election, Secretary of State races across the country. This is from Ari Biber. Or something. I don't know if his name is Biber. might not be the right way to pronounce it, but this is from this Ari dude. On MSNBC. I'm going to show you the first portion of this, and then I'm going to go a little bit later, and and, yeah, we'll just watch it. But our top story right now is about democracy. Melbourne? And I like to clearly tell you what we're trying to do around here. So let me tell you up front right now, this is a little different than our typical start to this news program, The Beat. Right now, I'm going to try to walk through the broader path of how democracy is in danger even beyond how that point itself has become a kind of rhetorical refrain in Washington, a refrain that is also true. So we're going to go through that right now, me and you together, and then turn to a special expert on this a little later. The midterm elections, they occur on one day in November. And we know that, of course, is election day. But these primaries for who can win on that day, who even will be in a position as a major party nominee to win, They keep playing out pretty randomly because every state just sets its own dates. And right now, some of the primaries may matter even more than Election Day because there are more people running to seize power to try to end democracy, to try to corrupt our system of government so your vote won't matter. More people running to do that than at any point in modern history. So these primaries are something of a checkpoint. But those figures keep winning Republican primaries with signs of an extreme post-insurrection slate of candidates that are even more militantly anti-democracy than some of the current Republican incumbents who've minimized the insurrection. And it's exactly some of those types of candidates who won again last night. Okay, so this happened, uh, this was about three days ago or so. So he's talking about, I want to skip past that to where he goes into the part about Okay, I think this is where it does it. Can I ask you a question about yeah, him, go ahead. though? Yeah. How does he have a job? Why? Because, I mean, he's doing the propaganda pretty well on MSNBC. Are you, is there another? Because he's a, a white guy? Is that? No, because he's <laughs> just, like, deadly boring. Like, I want to I want to die while listening to him. I don't know what it is about this man, but the way he tried to, like, become personable, you and me, and then being as droll as he was, just, how do you have a job, bro? Well, if you watch MSNBC, they're playing to their target audience, and those people are humorless oftentimes. I mean, we see the type of humor they like. Stephen Colbert, who used to be funny, but now is just MSNBC, CNN, late night. And they, he wants to emphasize that this is very serious. And these are people who cannot, who take themselves way too seriously. That's something that you learn in comedy and theater is, you know, you can treat the profession and what you do, treat it seriously, but... Don't start taking yourself too seriously, because then you suck. Like you, you suck when you start doing that, and that's like how all of these people are. 
is they suck really bad, just in yeah. general. Um, I think this is, yeah, let's go right here. From policy, the state position is about running the elections. All right, let me take this back. So now he's talking about the Secretary of State races here in this very dramatic, serious way. I are boring. It's usually called the Secretary of State of a state, which is a little confusing. All right, I'm gonna get, sorry. Here we go. We'll just take it back to here. I'd lost, according to the votes. That's one track. Then there's another track for candidates running to oversee elections. These are posts that were once considered pretty dry or boring. It's usually called the Secretary of State of a state, which is a little confusing because the federal position is about foreign policy. The state position is about running the elections. But now we're seeing a ton more interest, ominously so, for people running to exercise power in those positions to be in charge of future elections. Ominously so. Ominously so. They're trying to target. Now, he is right. And this is why, again, I had Ted Metz on, because in Georgia, Brad Raffensperger is the secretary of state. And I think he's a CIA agent. He's pretends to he, what he is, is he now represents the prototypical mainstream acceptable Republican. He really is just doing the bidding for globalists is what Brad Raffensperger is doing. And so while Democrats have a Democrat candidate running for secretary of state in Georgia, they also have their preferred candidate, which is the Republican candidate, Brad Raffensperger, who is lockstep in line with all of this. And the only candidate there that actually is, I think, the op- gonna po- gonna get you to the truth or attempt to be truthful and honest about the elections is Ted Metz, and that's why I wanted to have him on. I know he's up against it and it's a difficult job, but these races, there's MAGA candidates across the country trying to win Secretary of State races, and of course, both sides are going to go after the Secretary of State races because the power to oversee the authority to oversee your state's election is absolutely what someone who either wants to protect it or who wants to co-opt an election, that's the position they would go after. The communists used to try and fill their people in administrative positions throughout organizations they wanted to co-opt. It's similar to that. Let me, let me say something real quick. Uh, I think this is obvious, and it's something that I don't know why I haven't had this specific thought before. Uh, because a lot of times when I talk about democracy – and the way these people say it's going to end or it's at, at uh, it's threatened or whatever, I'm typically saying that democracy is whatever they want. But the obvious fact is the – look at the dang name of the party that they are a part of. It's the Democratic Party. So they, they just equate it with their name. So anything that w- that wins against the Democratic Party is against democracy and destroying democracy. This is an obvious point, but I don't, I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, well, hell. Look, they're – that's that's well, it's part very valid of what they point do. though. Right, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's one and the same. It sounds the same and it is interesting that they, they all so I don't know that there's ever been a candidate in the world in the history of the world who's ever run on the platform of elect me as your dictator. I don't know, maybe way back in the olden days or elect elect me as your authoritarian dominator or, or ensla- they always run on the backs of democracy whatever side it is, and democracy is a term that's vaguely defined and everybody runs under a banner of all the time. So they always claim the other one is attacking democracy. Both sides do all the time. Now, do people attack democracy? Absolutely. Do people define democracy? Never. They never really define it. They never actually differentiate between a democratic republic and democracy. It's just it's a glittering generality. That's what they call it in the propaganda literature that they can vaguely use. They hate defining things. I was talking about this the other day. The media and politicians, 
they will fight tooth and nail to never give a concrete definition of anything. Like, for example, semi-fascist, which is just a brand new term. Fascist, yes, but I don't know if people realize this. It was specifically chosen semi-fascist because this was, a, this was somebody leaking this to the media, not actual audio of what Biden said. So they chose to call it semi-fascist. And then everybody's talking about it on the news as though everybody just knows what that means. Nobody at any point in time said, hey, can you describe to me in concrete terms exactly what that means? Because once they do that, that tells you what it is and it tells you what it isn't. Once that happens, then they can't flexibly apply it to anything. So I don't know what it means, but they hate giving concrete definitions and that's how they manipulate the term democracy. Well, I think that that's why they probably used the semi prefix rather than quasi because more people would be like, oh, oh, he's just somewhat. It's a little bit. Yeah. What's semi? It's just, it's weird. Like, oh, quasi. So Kind of, but not really close. It's it's just another mind f that they like to like to hit us with. We're con- I mean, they're constantly trying to they're taking their pants down and they're trying to have intercourse with our minds on a, against our will on a regular basis without being too descriptive. There, uh, let's. I don't see if there's any more of what he says here. I don't know if he has anything else to say. Now that's the soft coup stuff. Oh, uh, soft there are coup. Still some guardrails. I forgot about that part. That's great. So that's the soft coup. Is is co- This is so extraordinary, though. This is what Biden's been pushing. It's what a lot of the media has been pushing. Is they're telling people that if these candidates win the secretary of state positions, that someone has taken over their government. I mean that that so people who believe that not everybody's going to believe it. Some people are going to recognize the rhetoric, but for the small few that believe that, they are radicalized. There's no telling what they will do. This is a provocation of violence right here. This narrative that they're pushing, while they're saying that the other stuff is a prov- everything's a provocation. These people do. These people are provocateurs and they're soulless. An elections official who announced, and this is not news. This is a <gasps> hypothetical. If an elections official announced, for example, they wouldn't count the votes of men or count the votes of members of the Green Party, well, that official would end up in court where we would expect independent judges to legally stop such a blatant effort at voter suppression or corruption. And the judges can mandate those votes still be counted regardless of what some nutcase decreed. Nutcase. There you go. All right. Enough of that guy. You can tell, one, that he's not Italian because he does not know how to speak— Talk with his hands naturally. Like you can tell that he's had to sit in front of a mirror and go like, "Okay, huh? Whoa, whoa, whoa. right? He's very no. He's very uh, calculated. He's, very, he's doing very deliberate moves, and he's very yeah. He's had a, a speech coach and who told him slow down, make your points. Hillary Clinton used to do this a lot. One, two. It, that is effective, but it, it here's very deliberate and manipulative on his part. And when they start throwing out nutcase and stuff like that without providing like evidence, because obviously the nutcase is going to have their reasoning for doing that. Now, he's not going to give any of that reasoning for doing that, like the problems with the elections that they... I'm not going to mention it right now because I'll get kicked off probably of whatever we're streaming to right now, like I did last time, that I told literally, I said, don't call it widespread election fraud. You'll get kicked off. And I got kicked off for saying that and then saying what it actually was. Um... Here's another one that is from, this is the Secretary of State of Colorado, the current one, who is, you know when you make your character in Red Dead Redemption or a game like that, you get to create all the aspects of it. This is a made person right here 
through and through. I did some research on her, ba- her, her background. I'll go into that another time. But this is did I put the, here we go. They're talk. This is her statements on the threat to democracy when it comes to the secretary of state positions. Term elections are just 71 days away, and election integrity remains a big focus heading into November. And that is because the candidates running in key races still question the 2020 election results. Oh my God! Megan oh my God! Has spoke with Colorado Secretary of State and her opponent about what's at stake in November. Between political candidates and ballot issues, there's a lot for voters to decide on this midterm election. But if you ask Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold... In 2020, the nation saw power of down-ballot races. There's even more at stake than you know. Democracy is on the ballot across the nation, with election deniers running up and down the ballot. Some of the biggest election-denying candidates in Colorado lost the primary, but across... I mean, just that term. Election-denying candidates. They might as well start saying domestic terrorism candidates because that's what they're equating it to. Well, it's kind of like when they started saying climate deniers instead of anthropomorphic climate change deniers. Right. Or global warming. You know, they, they, they make, oh, I don't, you deny the climate. Right. Well, yeah. Right. You know the association that they're going for, right? Yeah. Hitler, oh, absolutely. Nazis. It, it is not, yeah, a Holocaust denier. That's, that's what they're trying to uh, put in people's right. minds the country, many others are on the ballot in November in key states. There are nominees for Secretary of State who are election deniers running in Nevada, Arizona, Michigan, Minnesota, and New Mexico, just to say a few. Griswold, speaking in her official capacity to Denver 7, says if these candidates are elected, people could start losing their right to vote within a matter of months. Not all Americans are are going to lose the right or or have the right at risk, but the right is at risk for many when we see these extremists running for office. Griswold, of course, is in the middle of a campaign herself. She's running against Republican Pam Anderson. I absolutely trust an acceptable Republican, you will see. The results of the 2020 election. Anderson is a former Jefferson County clerk who would. Re- no, notice how that's the only part of her quote that you could hear is her saying the Republican. I absolutely trust the results of the 2020 election. It's funny to me. Let's take that back. Campaign herself. She's running against Republican Pam Anderson. I absolutely trust the results of the 2020 election. Anderson is a former Jefferson County clerk who rejects the claims made by others in her party. I I think in the primary, the mis and disinformation that we were seeing about Colorado elections um, was defeated. However, Anderson says Griswold's rhetoric isn't helping people to trust the elections. I believe that what she said about us losing our voting rights within months months is just, again, another example of fear politics in order to elevate her profile to raise millions of dollars that does not benefit Colorado. She you can tell by that woman's interview that she has no chance against the other one. Just watching the other woman speak and watching her speak, you can tell she has no chance. She is the acceptable Republican who will be defeated, and I don't know what she gets out of it. Maybe maybe something, maybe nothing. Who knows? And that is not the Pam Anderson of Baywatch, not to be confused. Okay. okay. Uh, I, know, I saw say, your confusion there, yeah. All I was going to say is that both of those women, in different ways, look like the mom who would bring the oatmeal raisin cookies to the bake sale. What, I, man, I would just love it if this finished with the two of them giving oatmeal <laughs> cookies at a bake sale. That would just be the perfect closeout to this clip. I don't think it is. Let's see. wants to take the partisanship out of the Secretary of State's office entirely and get back to business. Making sure that office for elections remains above the fray. But Griswold says there's nothing partisan about trying to protect elections, and the importance of this one cannot right. be understated. Colorado has the best elections in the country. Ah! 
Uh, but we are part of a country. Um, and what happens in states across the nation affects who gets sent to Congress, who gets sent to the Senate, and who goes to the presidency, which has a direct effect back onto us. Megan Lopez, Denver 7. Okay, so that, that Denver lady, or Colorado lady, and I don't have the exact name in front of me. It's similar to the Rhodes Scholarship, except it's a grant from maybe the Thomas, the guy, Thomas Watson. No, maybe that's not it. Something like that. But it's a, a grant that only a very select few people get. It's as exclusive as the Rhodes Scholarship. And they are given $40,000, all their expenses paid for, to go travel around the world as a junior or senior in college to go get a globalist perspective of the world that they then take back and take into their career in, in the United States. And then she obviously went into politics. She's only 37 years old at a very young age. And her background, other than that, is very scant. She's married to some furniture store owner. Uh, in Washington, D.C., yet she's in Maryland, and, and then you can't find anything about her Her husband. It's just she's another one of these, these characters that they create to, to put in front of us to deliver this globalist message. So since we're talking about Colorado, I did want to give you – because I, I, I read a bunch of stories today just in case I could bring them up. Hell yeah, um, dude. <laughs> but – uh, my favorite, I'll, I'll give you my favorite headlines as I as I think of them or can tie them in, segue them. Colorado judge suspended 30 days without pay for pointing AR-15 style rifle at stepson. I just wanted to tell you that headline. Say the first part again, Colorado who was suspended without pay? Colorado judge suspended 30 days without pay for pointing AR-15 style rifle at stepson. How do they even know that? Is there a video of it? I well, wonder. Apparently, uh, his stepson and his stepson's friend like drove to the home, and it seemed like the son was drunk, and you know he uh, the stepdad threatened, and uh, he said he pointed an unloaded AR-15 at him. That's the whole story. I mean, it's not there's not much to it, but I will point out that they don't know anything about guns because they start Stupid. the story calling it an AR-15 style rifle and the end of the story they start talking about it as a shotgun <laughs> like yeah it's a water gun actually <laughs> but yeah this is just one of those weird uh, weird cases because a lot of times judges aren't really reprimanded publicly so this is kind of new and out there and in the same state as what we just talked about so totally Colorado is where they gave the, the all-star game to last year when they took it away from Georgia because of their racist voting laws in the comments here, we have Sir Tim of Tunnel says that that chick is higher than a giraffe's butt, which is, in fact, very high. And Cornelius Wolfshirt says you can almost see the fingers coming out of her throat. And they're talking about one of the two women. I'm guessing the Colorado Secretary of State that came up. But it's not just those two uh, news stories that we saw there. We also have the... What is it? From Politico. When an election denier becomes, election, becomes an election chief... Trump aligned Secretary of State hopefuls are campaigning against ballot counting machines and could complicate mail voting, among other charges. Talking about all the measures they would investigate if they got elected. God forbid we investigate possible things that might might cause problems in election. That's the last thing that they want. And the article begins in Politico. Many of the election deniers running for Secretary of State this year have spent their time talking about something they can't do, decertifying the 2020 results. The bigger question amid concerns about whether they would fairly administer the 2024 presidential election, is exactly what powers they would have if they win in November. And this is 
a talking point that is going to continue. It's going to amp up in the coming months because there are some of these. And this is, like I said, this is a target. This is the race to, to really pay attention to. Are the Secretary of State races in your state, whatever state that might be? And I know he really doesn't have all that much. I shouldn't say that. I think anybody has a chance. But Ted Metz is up against it. But for me personally, I don't typically endorse too many politicians because I, I am typically anti-vote. I, I, I am of the opinion, and I know this is an idealistic way to think about it that would never actually happen, that the way to take away all of their power is for absolutely no one to vote. It's for zero people to buy into it and vote because then they have no mandate to do anything. But I know that that is not reasonable. So I, I, but I am typically a, a non-voter, an anti-voter. But I would say Ted Metz, if you are considering voting, give Ted Metz a look when it comes to the Georgia Secretary of State. All right. Where are we now, Cam? What, what, what should we go to next? Well, uh, well, all I wanted to say is when that guy was talking, when she was talking about losing your right to vote and the guy was uh, air quoting uh voting rights for men like these people in their air quotes uh but i did want to remind you this is actually something from uh michael malice but the uh the right to bear arms is more central to the american legal system and american history than the right to vote and far more important don't forget that right yeah yeah these people who are trying to claim this right to vote is so important are the ones who want to take your guns away what did and Biden I, say the other day? You're going to need more than an AR-15 to take on the government. He said that again. I think that's at least the second time he said that in the speech. Biden is right now, man, he is on a tear in describing, quote, election-denying MAGA Republicans as domestic terrorists. And I'm telling you, what he says tomorrow, I think the things that he's been doing the past few days and last Thursday were practice for the speech he's giving tomorrow, Thursday. And I think we're going to hear almost the exact same stuff he's been saying throughout these various speeches he's given, but in a more re- more refined way. And it's going to be like that moment where Hillary Clinton called everyone deplorables, except it's going to be a lot worse. It, it, because that was like deplorables, something people can get behind and take on. He's like literally trying to have a, a group of people who have certain ideas classified as domestic terrorists who should be have their rights taken away. It, it's dangerous what he's doing. And it's crazy, too, because most people don't agree with this stuff. Like I, I've t- I talk to Democrats and stuff. They see some. They see the rhetoric for what it is. But the media wants people to think that the majority of America has this radical view, and they're trying to normalize this really radical view that Biden and others are projecting. That it's just okay to round up other citizens who just think differently than you. Yep. They're trying to shift the Overton window about that, which brings me to actually something else I wanted to talk about. Did you see the Bill Maher clip over the weekend? No. All right, see if I can pull it up here real quick. And a lot of you probably saw it, but I have a bit of a, a different perspective on it than whatever. Because a lot of people have been praising Bill Maher. I, I, don't, I think Bill Maher is probably just playing a role here to serve the whole thing. And I should say real quick, too, there's always the possibility, going back to the Trump thing, that Trump and all his buddies, that this is just a big WWE demonstration to push something through. That's always a possibility as well. And again, I'm just saying out possible options to think about this stuff through what the reality is i i really don't know um they confuse us they overwhelm us with information it's difficult to to you know wide through all of this stuff sometimes here's this clip now nah, it's not the whole one. i'm trying to find the short clip so he was talking to rob reiner who's just a great guy rob reiner you know he's a very great oh. reasonable person that everybody loves who what, he's like five foot one or something like that i have no idea he looks like he's a, a ball turned into a human all right, I, I don't know where the clip is, but basically, 
what what he said, what Bill Maher said, was he said the Hunter Biden laptop, it turns out the FBI and the media was covering it up so that it would not prevent Biden from winning the election. And he presents the question, is it okay to do the ends justify the means that we we do this to actually cover up criminal activity? And so he, he was presenting a, a reasonable position for most people. And Rob Briner's like, well, I'll tell you what's not okay. What's not okay is an armed insurrection on January 6th. Just ridiculous. And Amy Klobuchar was there as well. And the way that I perceive that is not necessarily Bill Maher opening his eyes. It is what I perceive that is an effort to shift the Overton window, to shift the conversation from is the Hunter Biden laptop real or Russian disinformation to is it justified to cover up the Hunter Biden laptop and anything else because we need to stop this domestic terrorist running for office. And that's the scary part right there is do the ends justify the means? And if they do, and we all know the Hunter Biden laptop was covered up. We knew Most of us knew that right away. People who yeah. were following it, we knew it right away that it was covered up. And, and then it becomes, what else are they willing to do? If they're willing to do that, what else are they willing to do? And that is what, like my friend, I said, who was not familiar with the Tubin story, he's not going to be familiar with a lot of these things because the media that he's consumed, he actually told me that he's stopped watching the news. And I said, good for you. Stop watching the news because that can be healthy, definitely healthy. But people aren't going to be exposed to these alternative arguments and they have no incentive to go out and seek them unless they run into somebody they have a one-on-one conversation with that kind of makes them start questioning things. What do you think about I don't that? Di- I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> but just that, that, yeah, that Bill Maher thing is just, they bring these characters out. See, Bill Maher, he's a funny guy and he makes good points sometimes, but I, I just get the sense that he is trying to play the role of the reasonable Democrat for the purpose of shifting that Overton window in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I mean, he's definitely a plant because they wouldn't have let him back on HBO and back on having a show after um, what was it called? Politically incorrect or whatever this name yep, of the show right. was like, he got pretty summarily kicked off. I don't think you give him a second show unless the, you know, the powers that be have some work for him to do. Right. He's on HBO max too. So, all I'm Which we say, know is controlled. All I'm going to say is that it was really cool to hear him say my name and quote yeah, me yeah. directly. So, <laughs> yeah, no, he's he. I mean, he makes good points, points that can uh, agree with, and then Fox News and others will talk about it. But th- this, I don't see uh, making that a reasonable conversation using yeah. Yeah. the ends justify the means, and, and then Rob Reiner saying, "Well, the the right, well, they'll do an armed insurrection. What will others do?" And, and, and again, this is very. This is scary rhetoric that they're pushing right now. I, I, so what I'm going to do in the DMBXR, since we've talked about some, some heavy stuff that's going on, is I, I want to tell you about Spain's attempt to fight for gender equality, which involves nudity. I'm going to tell you about that in the DMBXR. It's really an interesting story. I, I find their efforts admirable, you know, admirable, excuse me, and I'll tell you all about those. And if we have time in there, we might talk a little bit about where this whole, this whole thing is going when it comes to the MAGA Republicans, because I have a little bit of audio of congressmen and women foreshadowing where it might go. And if you want to get access to that DMBXR content, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. So we're going to get to that. Thank you, Cam. Thank you guys in the chats for joining us. And we will continue on Rockfin with the DMBXR. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. 
or in that DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 